that your spirit is here in our midst. And God, we pray that your spirit would continue to move powerfully among us to open us up, to open our ears and our eyes, our hearts and our minds so that we might hear a word from you. And God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing to you, God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we've been reading through the gospel according to Mark all year long, and all throughout, Mark has been telling us these stories that illustrate the amazing things that Jesus does. Jesus calls people to follow him, and he does it with such authority that they leave behind everything they had been doing and begin to follow him. Crowds gather everywhere that Jesus goes because he teaches with authority. And he heals many who come to them, people who couldn't find healing any other place. And he feeds 5,000 people with just a few loaves and a few fish. The story we'll read this morning has Jesus walking on water, another amazing, miraculous thing that Jesus does. And it reveals for us the truth that everything that Jesus does is actually pointing to who he is, God in the flesh. So let's read, and let's hear what Jesus has to say to us today. Our story picks up right after Jesus and his disciples have miraculously fed the 5,000 on the hillside on the Sea of Galilee. The text is on the screen, and it's in your bulletin as well. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After saying farewell to them, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. When he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, he came towards them early in the morning, walking on the sea. He intended to pass them by. But when, he saw, when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, "'Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid.'" Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our son James is six, going on seven, so he's at this stage where he's reaching all of these milestones, milestones that I remember reaching when I was a kid, and and milestones that are really fun for a parent to be a part of. I'm talking about things like tying his shoes all by himself, and losing his front teeth, and learning to ride a bike, those kinds of things. When the weather's nice, we ride our bikes together through the neighborhood, he and I, and he likes to race. And we're getting to the point, though, where I have to start transitioning from letting him win to just being okay with losing. (laughs) Because he's fast and just going to get faster. Most of the time, though, when we're cruising through the neighborhood, he'll be riding in front of me, and and it's my job just to keep him in sight. But, But sometimes particularly if we're headed into a part of the neighborhood that is not familiar to him, particularly if we're going to take a turn that he's not expecting, I will race ahead and I'll pass by him. And inevitably, he'll shout, hey, no fear! But I'm not doing it to show him up or to show off. I'm passing him by for one reason, to show him that I know where we're going. I know the way forward. He doesn't have to worry about that. So he can ride confidently even if it's in an unfamiliar place. 
Jesus and his disciples had just finished feeding 5,000 people. It's this powerful miracle of provision. And Mark says that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, to Bethsaida. Jesus then dismisses the crowd. He goes up on a mountain to pray. Some time passes and he comes back down. And verse 47 says, When evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. There's this separation between Jesus and his disciples. It's the first time that it's happened, really, where Jesus has sent them ahead and he's stayed behind. At least for a little while, they've pedaled ahead. They're all on their own. But it's not a problem. They were fishermen who had grown up on the Sea of Galilee. They knew how to get to Bethsaida. The very next verse, verse 48, tells us that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind. It was a difficult journey. The wind was strong, the waves were tall, but still, it wasn't a problem. They were fishermen who had grown up on the Sea of Galilee. These were not the first strong winds and tall waves that they had ever faced. Sure, it was hard going, but they were fine. You see, the point of this story is not that Jesus saw their struggle and wanted to save them by calming the wind, though he ends up doing that. The point of the story is that Jesus saw their struggle, and he wanted to pass them by. Why? Verse 48 is our key verse, so let's look closely. There's a whole lot in this one verse about us and about Jesus. When he saw... That's the first thing to notice because there's something miraculous in these three little words. Jesus is alone on the shore. The disciples are out at sea. It's nighttime in the ancient world. There's no light. There are no night vision goggles. And yet, Jesus sees them. It would be impossible to see them, and yet Jesus sees them. It's yet another reminder in Scripture that you are never outside of God's concern. You are never outside of God's care, no matter how far you might feel from God, no matter how dark the night may seem, no matter how distant the shore is, you are never beyond God's sight. When he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, we know what this is, I would guess that you know that life is hard sometimes. I would guess that if we took a couple of minutes and made some lists, you could make a list of several times that life was hard for you. When you were rowing against the wind or swimming upstream or pushing a rock up a hill, in our story, it's the disciples who are having a rough go of it. And remember, these are people who have been called by Jesus himself. These are people who have been spending night and day with Jesus. These are people who have witnessed firsthand all the miracles that Jesus can do. These are people who have been sent on this particular journey by Jesus himself, and still, it's a struggle. It's just the reality of our life. The winds blow, the waves rock the boat. It doesn't matter how much faith you have or how little. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how little doesn't matter how healthy you are or how sick you've been. Life is hard sometimes. When he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, he came towards them early in the morning walking on the sea. I love the image that this verse gives us. Jesus somehow miraculously through the night sees that his friends are struggling to do what he's asked them to do. And he heads toward them, walking on water, doing whatever it takes to get to those in need to save them from their struggle, right? Well, it's not what it says. 
That's what we want it to be. We want it to be, Jesus, come take the wheel. We want it to be the moment where Jesus saves the day and makes everything easier. But that's not what Jesus wanted to do. Mark tells us what Jesus wanted to do. He intended to pass them by. Why? Why would he go out to them walking on water just to pass them by? There are two other stories in Scripture that help us understand what Jesus is up to. The first one is in the book of Exodus. It's the second book of the Bible. And Moses says to God, God, I need some help. God, show me your glory. And what you need to know is that this <coughs> is happening at a, at a pretty tough time for Moses. He is, in a sense, straining against the oars at an adverse wind. You see, the people Moses is trying to lead in the wilderness just keep sinning. They keep on sinning and sinning, and when they're not sinning, they're complaining. And when they're not complaining, they're building this beautiful golden calf whom they bow down and worship. It's one thing after another, and Moses is ready to throw up his hands. He says, God, I need some help. God, show me your glory. And God says, okay, here's how we'll do it. You go stand by this rock and I will pass by. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I'll take my hand away and you will see my glory. So God passes by and soon after something incredible happens. God tells Moses what he needs to do. God meets Moses on the mountain, gives him the Ten Commandments, says, take these Ten Commandments down to the people and lead them forward. And when Moses comes down, his face is shining with the glory of the Lord, and he enters into this new chapter of his life with God and God's people. And the second story from Scripture is just like it. It's from the book of 1 Kings. The prophet Elijah has been doing all these powerful signs in God's name. He's called down fire from heaven. He's raised people from the dead, but still life is hard and getting harder. He's being chased and persecuted by Jezebel. He's being challenged by all these false prophets. And it gets to the point where he throws up his hands and he says, God, what do I have to do? I've been doing everything you've asked. I've been zealous for you, and my life is getting harder. And God says, go stand on the mountain, for I'm about to pass by. And when the Lord passes by, Elijah encounters God's glory, and soon after, just as with Moses, something incredible happens. God meets Elijah on the mountain, and God tells Elijah what to do next. When Jesus saw that his disciples were straining at the oars against an adverse wind, he came towards them early in the morning, walking on the sea. He intended to pass them by because he wanted them to see his glory, because he wanted to show them the way forward. Of course, that's not quite what happens in this story. The disciples see Jesus just a moment too soon. He hasn't passed by yet, and they get scared. They think he's a ghost. Great, they think. Not only are we struggling in the sea in the middle of the night, now a ghost has come to torment us. They don't get to see the Lord's glory. Not this time. Their fear gets in the way. But Jesus comes to them nonetheless, and just like God did with Moses and Elijah, Jesus tells them what to do next. Take courage, he says. It's me. Do not be afraid. 
It's the thing that God says over and over to God's people when they find themselves in hard times. It's the thing that God says over and over to God's people when they don't know what to do next. Take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. I wonder where do you need some courage? Where are you struggling against an adverse wind? Where does it feel like you're swimming upstream or pushing a rock up a hill? Maybe it's a big thing that you're worried about, like the future of our country or the type of world that your kids will grow up in. Maybe it's something much closer to home, like a diagnosis that's cast a cloud on the future or some decision that you just don't know how to make. Maybe it's something that everybody knows or it's a secret you can't imagine sharing. Whatever it is, whatever struggle you're facing, no matter how frightened you are or how far you feel from God, Jesus sees you. And with all the compassion of God made flesh, he comes toward you. And maybe he'll get in the boat with you and calm the storm or maybe not. Because the thing he wants to do is pass you by so that you'll know that he knows where we're going so that you'll see that he knows the way forward even if you can't see it now he wants to pass you by so that you can ride confidently through every storm and every unfamiliar place the only thing you need to do is take courage which he gives us right here Because the one who walks on water is the one who tramples death. The one who's risen from the dead is the one who's called you. And the one we follow is Jesus, who leads us into God's glory. Let us pray.